Good, uh, good afternoon. Uh, it is afternoon now, I believe. I hope you're having a great Monday so far, and I hope you've had an opportunity, at least at some point today, to sit down and, and read through Matthew chapter 1. Uh, it is uh, our reading for this week as we're studying through God's Word together in 2018. Uh, we're reading the first five chapters of Matthew this week, and uh, this morning, or this afternoon rather, <coughs> excuse me, uh, we're going to read through Matthew chapter 1. And uh, we're going to take a look at some of the themes uh, in Matthew and just kind of introduce it to you as you uh, start your study out this week. I hope to do this on a daily basis around lunchtime, uh, hopefully giving you an opportunity to start your day and and, uh, come together possibly, hopefully, for some study in the middle of the day, if not something that you can come back to and watch afterwards, uh, maybe in the evening uh, as you settle down uh, for the evening. Um, so the book of Matthew, <clears throat> of course, is the first gospel account that we have in the New Testament. Matthew, of course, was written by <clears throat> excuse me, uh, a man named Matthew, uh, of course, the Apostle Matthew, who was a tax collector. Uh, Matthew is very focused on um, the promised Savior and proving that Jesus was the promised Messiah. Uh, he's writing specifically to a Jewish audience. Uh, we see that by the the focus that he has on the legal things, uh, things that are found within the law. Also, uh, his focus on uh, fulfilled prophecy uh, regarding the Messiah. Uh, and it really all starts at the beginning of Matthew in, in the first chapter. And so we're going to read that uh, together and uh, just read through uh, Matthew chapter 1. And we're going to start here in the... Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Ram, and Ram the father of Amminadab, and Amminadab the father of Nashon, and Nashon the father of Salmon. Salmon, not Salmon. Salmon, the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz, the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of David, the king. Now, let's stop right there for a second. Now, I know that the genealogies tend to be um, not something that a lot of people focus on. It's at the beginning of the book. What does this have to do with me? Listen, read through this. And we'll come back to this, all right? So we've just gotten to David. Now, uh, continuing in verse 6. And David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah, and Solomon the father of Rehoboam, and Rehoboam the father of Abijah, and Abijah the father of Asaph, and Asaph the father of Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat the father of Joram, and Joram the father of Uzziah, and Uzziah the father of Jotham, and Jotham the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz the father of Hezekiah, and Hezekiah the father of Manasseh, and Manasseh the father of Amos, and Amos the father of Josiah, and Josiah the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon. After the, uh, the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel, and Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel the father of Abiad, and Abiad the father of Eliakim, and Eliakim the father of Azor, and Azor the father of Zadok, and Zadok the father of Achim, and Achim the father of Eliad, and Eliad the father of Eleazar, 
and Eliezer the father of Mathan, and Mathan the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations, and from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations, and from the deportation to Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations. Now, why is all of that important? It's a good question. We want to look at a couple of things within the genealogy of Jesus. As with your family tree and my family tree, there are a lot of crooked branches. There are a lot of not-so-nice people. And when we look throughout the genealogy of Jesus, we see the same thing. We see some very faithful uh, and, and uh, forthright and righteous people uh, within that um, genealogy. Of course, you have Abraham, father of the faithful. You have Isaac and Jacob. Uh, you have um, great kings. You have uh, Jehoshaphat, Hezekiah, Josiah, and of course, King David. Now, also included in there are not so good people. You've got really bad sinners like Ahaz and Manasseh and a bunch of others. Now, what's interesting about Matthew's account of the genealogies of Jesus is his focus on the legal genealogy of Jesus. And what I mean by the legal genealogy of Jesus is uh, it's going through the father's line. Now, of course, Joseph, Jesus's uh, earthly adoptive father, if you will, uh, was not the biological father of Jesus. But nonetheless, in Jewish culture, uh, it was the men in which a legal, uh, a legal lineage was formed. And that's why you see throughout Matthew's account of this lineage, men. But there are also women peppered in there. And what's interesting about the women that are peppered in there is that they are very important women in that not only, of course, were they the mother of these children who would go on to further the genealogy of Christ, <coughs> but they have unique stories as well. You have Tamar, who uh, committed adultery with her father-in-law. Not typically a person that you would think, oh, that's in the lineage of Jesus. Or how about Rahab, who was a prostitute before becoming the, right, uh, the, the wife of Salmon. Then, of course, you have Ruth, wonderful woman, but she was a Moabite. She was an outsider. She was a foreigner. But she's in the lineage of Jesus. And although she's not necessarily mentioned by name, we all know the mother of Solomon is Bathsheba. And Matthew details her as the wife of Uriah. Now, I think there's an important aspect to that in that uh, it's directly pointing to the sin of David who was a great king and righteous in his own way, but he had his faults. And one of those faults, of course, was killing Uriah and taking his wife. Matthew doesn't gloss over the negatives. He could have, but he didn't. And there's an important part of that. And the important aspect I think we need to take from this is, of course, that within the genealogy of Christ, you have women and men, Jews and Gentiles, Rich, poor, good, bad, famous, not famous, some we don't even know much about at all. But just as we, we read in Galatians chapter 3, verses 28 through 29, 
There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male nor female, for all are one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, Paul says in verse 29, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. You see, in Christ we have access to this lineage, to this genealogy that goes all the way back to Abraham. It goes all the way back to David. And that's important to the Jews who, to whom Matthew is writing this because in 2 Samuel chapter 7, <clears throat> we read about the um, prophecy of the Messiah coming from the line of David. Uh, 2 Samuel 7, I'm going to start in verse 12. <coughs> Excuse me. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. And if you jump down to verse 16, And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. And Nathan then took those words to David. But those words were fulfilled in Christ. Because as you see here, as we look at the scripture, as we look at the genealogy of Jesus, not only is Jesus legally in, in his lineage attached to Abraham, to which God said would uh, his generations, his lineage would, uh, would bless the earth. And then we have David. It says a kingdom will be established from his line that will never end. And that's the kingdom that Jesus established, the kingdom that he established in his church. The lineage is important. It's very important. Now, as we continue uh, our reading here, um, I don't want us to lose the aspect of the lineage, and I think this is a, an important thing that we should probably keep an eye on, and a, definitely a good application point as we go about our week and as we go about our study and just go about our daily lives that our lives were broken. And perhaps you're listening to this and you're not a Christian and your life is still in that broken state in which you're lost, in which you're in need of a Savior. You see, that's the whole point of being a Christian. I'm a Christian today not because I feel like I'm better than anybody else, not because I feel like um, I know the answers to everything, because I certainly don't, and I'm certainly not better than anybody else. But the reason I'm a Christian is because I realize the need that I have for a Savior. I realize that I am a sinner, that I am broken, that I am this crooked stick of a life. But see, the interesting thing about crooked sticks is that no matter how crooked the stick is, whoever is holding that stick can still write with that stick. They can still draw a straight line with a crooked stick. You see, I gave my crooked stick of a life to Christ, who's now writing for me. Jesus can use crooked sticks. God can use crooked sticks. He used crooked sticks here in the lineage of Jesus to bring about the Savior of the world. So, as an application, we should learn to be less judgmental of others. Those other crooked sticks that may fall across our path. And let's be thankful that there is room for me in Christ and that there is room for others who are also 
crooked sticks just like us in Christ. Now let's talk about that Christ and the birth that we see in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, betrothed there, by the way, uh, means to be promised to be married. It's kind of like they were fiancés, okay? Uh, and before they came together, <coughs> excuse me, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Okay? Before they came together. It's an important aspect, meaning that Mary was a virgin. Mary and Joseph had not had sexual relations, as was the custom. And as we see with Mary and Joseph, both of them were very faithful Jews, and they were very um, honoring to one another, uh, and God, for that matter. Uh, and so, verse 19, her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly, because any logical human being would say, hmm, my fiancé is pregnant, it wasn't me. Obviously, there is something afoot. So, Joseph, being a just man and not willing to put his wife to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, okay, remember going back to that legal genealogy, he is a descendant of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. And here is Matthew's second um, observation of fulfilled prophecy. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Isaiah 7.14 is where that's found. Verse 24, when Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son and he called his, <coughs> excuse me, and he called his name Jesus. So we have Joseph, a just man who honors God, trusts God, believes in God, and he trusts and obeys. And another important aspect of a man who, by all accounts, and for all the evidence that he had presented to him at the time, had every right to divorce his wife, according to the law, but instead listened to the angel that visited him in the dream, and he took Mary as his wife. Now what's important about this as well is in verse 25, it says he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, meaning that Mary remained a virgin until the birth of her son. It's all important stuff. Emmanuel, God with us. Another important application, another important aspect of Jesus is that he is always with us. We never speak about Jesus in the past tense unless we're talking historically. We talk about him in the present tense because he is alive, he is living, and he is always with us. I hope you um, have a wonderful day, and I hope that uh, this has helped um, boost your study a little bit as you're going through. As I mentioned in my bulletin note, 
um, this past week, I encourage you to read through the entire book of Matthew. Get a better, a full understanding of this book from from genealogy to ascension, if you will, uh, and and really understand the theme uh, of the book, which I, I believe is again Jesus being the promised Messiah. As always, if you have any questions, you can always reach out to me. You can comment on this video. I'll be more than happy to answer those questions. Or you can email me directly, minister at loveland.church. And, of course, if you have uh, any questions or would like to see more about uh, the series that we're going through, <coughs> or past sermon series, excuse me, uh, you can go to our website, loveland.church. Very simple to get to. And go to the media tab, our uh, past sermon series, the s series we just wrapped up. Uh, talking about the good life of, of being a Christian and uh, the new series that we started on Sunday evenings going through the book of Proverbs. They're all there. You can also subscribe uh, to those podcasts on iTunes or Google Play, uh, wherever you get uh, podcasts, really. And uh, you can listen to those on the go. You can also, if you subscribe to them, of course, have them delivered to you immediately. But as always, if you have any questions, Please do not hesitate to reach out to me. I'm more than happy to answer those questions for you. I hope you have a blessed rest of your day. Uh, and as you continue in your studies, that you will learn something from this and you will um, be one with the body of Christ uh, in all of this as we study God's word together throughout 2018. Thank you for taking the time uh, to listen through this and watch this video. Uh, one of the most important things that you can do with this video, of course, aside from using it to build upon your study, is to share it. Share God's word and get it out there. And invite your friends and family to join in this study with you. Perhaps it could open doors. Perhaps it could answer questions that maybe they've had throughout their life uh, that they just haven't had an opportunity to ask. So be blessed. Have a great rest of your day, and uh, hope to see you tomorrow.